lucha-masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to lucha-masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha Legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution Luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network, and now, Lucha Central Weekly. Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week, our team discusses news and events from this past week and preview what's to come. We cover news from AAA, CMLL, and top Mexico-based independent wrestling promotions, along with luchador-related news from WWE, AEW, MLW, Ring of Honor, Impact, and more. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the podcast network are available at and major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, Podbay, Speaker, you name it, it is on. I am Miranda Morales, one of the of the Lucha Podcast team. And, well, yeah, I said team because it's not just me talking for two hours. You would not want that, trust me. I have two amazing co-hosts, and we all together host show. So I'm going to be bringing in Dashing Dusty Murphy, one of the co-hosts of this show. Dusty, I mean, how, how are you doing tonight? I'm, I'm doing great, Miranda. How are you doing? I am doing well. I don't know if I revealed uh, too much behind the curtain saying tonight, um, though no one knows which tonight it means, or I, I could have been, uh, you know, saying tonight of any day of the week, but uh, who knows? Mysterious. Uh, <laughs> and our other co-host is who? Who is it? It is none other than Brendan Barr. Hey, how are we doing? Tonight, tonight. Yes. Tonight. Um, <laughs> don't, don't get me singing. Nobody does listen. Oh, what? Uh, is that a hidden talent? Do you have a... it is, no, it is the opposite of a hidden talent. An obvious it's... talent? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's, it's uh, the opposite. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> um, no, it is not an obvious talent either. I am not the person that everybody gets excited for when I go to the karaoke. But you do go to the karaoke machine. Is that what I'm led to believe? Uh, I have been known to go to the karaoke machine t- now and again. All right. So this is our banter topic of tonight. <laughs> and we, the, the hands are rubbing together. So if all three of us went to uh, no, karaoke, you know, um, and we each had to pick a song to sing. What song would you pick? My go-to at karaoke is always Werewolves of London by Warren Vaughn. Because nobody oh. else ever picks Werewolves of London by Warren Vaughn. Like, 
<laughs> I'm always the only one. <laughs> I've I've won a lot of music trivia events by knowing who Warren Zevon is. So oh uh, yeah, yeah. I love Zevon. <laughs> Big fan. I, I would probably uh, try and join. That's, <laughs> That'd be awesome. You could do the Howoos. You could be the werewolves. Oh. <laughs> See, you passed the audition already. <laughs> Woo! Oh my gosh! Now we just need to find a karaoke bar. I'm already excited. I would be howling at that part. Um, for for me, I am very much an '80s nerd. I have to admit, when this song comes on, I always sing along, and it's "Out of Touch" by Hall and Oates. Oh, um, nice. Ooh. Yes, it's just one that's of my favorite one. songs. I have multiple Hollow Note songs that are my favorite, but when I think about one that's really upbeat and just makes me, you know, like I will sing this in my car. I'll sing this wherever I hear. Yes, Out of Touch by Hollow Note. I, I, uh, I'm all about the 80s stuff. That's where I would be too. The, the last time I did uh, Lean on Me with one of my friends, uh, the, oh. the Lean on Me when you're not drunk. <laughs> yeah, so good. Such a, such a good yeah song yeah especially when you're with friends like and right? then people join in with you is that the point yeah. too like oh yeah. i'm not gonna be here long people are just gonna come up and, and sing it with me hopefully hopefully that's how it goes when <laughs> to start that ah <laughs> uh, well man that's again i mean we are still living in a time where you know we we're in the middle of a pandemic still uh after you know many many weeks but hopefully one of these days if life allows it we will all end up in the same karaoke bar you know picking mm. our songs and either howling together or swaying <laughs> together to sing lean on lean on me um I'm you guys can I'm- just See yeah. all my cool moves as I sing Hollow Notes. You guys can dance <laughs> 80s dances with me. I, oh, I, yeah, I'll dig deep in the 80s selection for you too. That'll we can do lots of 80s stuff. It's that's my wheelhouse. That's perfect. That's awesome. Uh, okay. Well, we, uh, I mean, this is not a podcast uh, about karaoke or music. If, if that's the case, um, I'm fortunate. But you should stick around because, again, this is a podcast on the world of Lucha Libre. And we start off every show. We have been pretty much every show discussing the road back. And Brendan has. The- oh, okay. Uh, so previous weeks, I started with a bunch of really good news, and I made everything sound really positive. And then I'd find the tiny little notes where we start off with some negatives. But uh, the major news on the road back to shows uh, in both Lucha Libre and the general world is the WWE having several uh, tests finally. Once they finally started testing, they had a number of people turn up positive for for tests uh, for Mm COVID-19. And um, so we've got uh, kind of little ripples happening from that. Um, Even even, uh, the uh, rival company, AEW, was impacted because uh, one of the few people that that has named themselves as someone who's tested positive for for COVID and the WWE organization was John Moxley's wife, Renee Young. So uh, he has been, uh, he has been quarantined because he has positive contact with someone. Um, uh, so it's going to be very interesting how they react to this uh, because they are the kind of the trailblazers and, and pace setters for this. A lot of these empty arena shows that have been happening and other things have been because people have seen WWE doing content and and they feel like they can at least match some of the steps that are being done. Uh, one of the things that seems a little more unfortunate on this is that the people that were maybe mimicking those steps and not taking the tests 
are are they now going to wind up doing tests and and finding a number of more people have have been exposed that they they were unaware of either because uh you know 20 people doesn't seem like a big a big deal but somebody today was doing a very easy theoretical thread where uh Seth Rollins to Becky Lynch uh was on maternity potentially being exposed maternity leave I should finish my thoughts there uh so do we have that problem uh, other places where uh, the, the unexpected consequences of the way this can be passed and transmitted uh happens um yeah so there's our lovely exciting starting on that uh, and I'm going <laughs> to transition easily we have even more setback for lucha shows because mexico had a giant 7.4 earthquake on the southern coast um miranda did you read that story because i don't want to say the names of these states uh if you actually can say them for for me (laughs) well it's the southern coast of oaxaca state i believe thank you yeah um yeah and then uh 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 but there've been a, a rise in it, so we're back on the uh, uh on the kind of a good news thing there uh smaller areas like uh Torreon and uh Jalpa, I believe um had shows this weekend in addition to the chaos in uh uh Monterey that we uh, we will be talking about in the indie roundup and uh let's see IWRG has uh the the punishment has been handed out they are unable to have any sort of sanctioning for shows during the remainder of the covid period for whatever however long that'll be but no wrestlers have been punished uh the doctor that was supposedly at the shows is the only individual i could find that has been directly punished and that is because they that doctor led people at the show to believe that they could be uh, they could be more sanctioned than they were, even though that doctor did, was not authorized to be a, a COVID-ready doctor at, at a arena show. Uh, and uh, and then uh, uh, the last the last thing is uh, New Japan is still pushing forward with their yeah. their New Japan Cup, which I'm sure Dusty knows more on the results. But I have uh, I have second round matchups that'll be interesting for Lucha fans, which uh, we have Toro Yano versus. Hiromo Takahashi, uh, Hiroki Goto versus Evil, and uh, Yoshihashi versus Bushi. Those are all uh, between either Lucha Influences or uh, Ingo Bernable, uh direct performers. Those are all ones that will be very interesting to fans. Yeah, those should be some great matches. Yes, and so with uh, the road back to shows, you mentioned a a little bit about the chaos show that happened, the second part uh, of the chaos (laughs) show that happened this week. Uh, Let's, you know, uh, head into the uh, indie roundup, the Mexico indie Uh roundup, because there was a a few shows also that happened uh, this week. But for sure, I mean, we were left on kind of a cliffhanger last week with the chaos show that we most fans had no idea was going to be a two-parter. Yeah. So that's the, the good news going forward is they are going to be doing more shows, but they're being upfront about it now where if you pay your hundred pesos, you will get, uh, you will get to both episodes of the show and they're telling you upfront there will be shows. So uh, there will be, there will be future shows that uh, I will probably get because 100 pesos is not too expensive for me to, to just grab yeah. a show and an hour on a Sunday isn't hard for me to clear out. Mm-hmm. But uh, for this show, we picked up where we left off, which was with the uh, promotion for 
uh, Galeno del Mal and Hijo uh, del Dr. Wagner Jr. versus Fresario and Mr. 450. Uh, I unfortunately had some technical difficulties on, on that particular match, but I did see the finish. I saw Hijo del Dr. Wagner Jr. and Galeno del Mal get, get a fairly good looking finish the the other team uh they they uh they had a fairly good back and forth it looked like going on and uh, and uh, it was a it was a younger men's sort of tag team match there was a lot of brawling but there was also more uh jumps and and uh, dives and that sort of thing that uh, usually gets a, a crowd excited which is very still very surreal to watch in a mostly empty arena uh, and then we had Ioka Hamada and El Devo versus Baby Love and Dark Cuervo in a uh, mixed pairs title match. And uh, Hamada and Devo came, Diva came, Devo, terrible on these names tonight, I apologize, uh, came out on top on that one. Um, it, again, I was excited for this one because I haven't seen Hamada wrestling in a while, and Mexico seems to be one of the only places she's uh, able to work these days, either through intention or through circumstance, I'm not sure. Uh, so it was nice to see that. Uh, a little more uh, in the ring and a little less brawling on this one than the last match, but uh, that does not make it any any less good. Uh, Baby Love was wrestling in her second match of the, this card, so it was interesting that they used so many people in this, from the local area in the uh, in the in matches and then move them around the card like this but uh once again that was Hamada and Devo on top and then you had the main event which is the one that uh definitely got me to buy this particular paper it had Dr. Wagner Jr, Blue Demon Jr and Daga three way match um I uh, I will it tell sounded you sounded exciting it it sure <laughs> on paper but sure did sound exciting uh the uh I think I'm just going to give you the the result first. Dr. Wagner wins. Uh, you have uh, I was led. I was watching this the whole time, thinking, oh, maybe Daga is going to win because from the moment the bell rings, two older legends start double teaming him, and uh, so he spent most of the the match kind of working from underneath, where he's constantly getting the moment he starts to get any offense, one of the two of them is ready there and ready to cut him off. They very the two. Wagner and Blue Demon spend very little time working against each other, fighting against each other at all, which is interesting because uh, this is definitely a AAA-sponsored product, so you would think that uh, there would be a hammer at ringside or something, but uh, yeah. saw very little cookie of that. <laughs> well, I mean, the cookie sheet is a traditional thing, but the hammer is uh, very specific to the two of them feuding. They've... they've uh, both uh, had had hammers for various matches at, to various effect. Um, all in all, it was uh, not because because of the way that it was working, where you had you had the two legends kind of lightly brawling uh, with just Daga for most of it. I mean, a little bit with each other near the end, uh, where Blue Demon got taken out for a little, long enough for uh, Doctor Wagner to do uh, a, a decent cover. I don't, uh, I don't know. It was very, it was a very odd main event for what was supposed to be the two-year anniversary. On paper, it was a great main event for the two-year anniversary, but uh, the way that it played out, it was very anticlimactic and didn't really make me feel like uh, I had gotten a, a great, uh, a great, a great series of matches out of out of uh, something that should have been a little more explosive and built. Mm-hmm. 
And it was noted that there was no apuestas matches anywhere on this card. Is that correct? It's true. There was no yeah. there was no point in uh, an apuestas match or any sort of like more emotionally built match where people had, were settling a feud that had happened over the course of the last two years or any of that sort of thing. So again, for a bigger show, there was not that bigger emotional impact of, of matches at all. Uh, it does look like they're setting something up, but uh, which was apparently all taped at the same time. What we're, so what we'll be getting over the subsequent uh, weekend pay-per-views, but uh, at this point we have not had an Apostas match. Wow. And it, do you think it's just due to the fact that they've been uh, just not active for a few months and so it was hard to maybe pick things back up that they just needed to, um, you know, uh, just run a, a show or two before getting back into more storyline related matches? I, I mean, that is as good a, a guess as, as any. I think uh, since they seem to be building new one, it does feel like whoever was in the writings, it's unclear to me now whether this is, uh, there's, there's been rumors that Conan has been involved in the booking uh, or will be in the future, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, they have that um, kind of genius and talent behind it. It's going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. These were empty arena matches, right? The, yeah, they, it, the uh, the general presence was more like the uh, AAA uh, mm-hmm. tournament series where you had kind of the black curtains and the, the guys in the full-on disinfectant clothes uh, and, you know... Uh, the uh, there was a cam- there are some cameramen that weren't wearing masks and there were a few more people around than there were in those but it was largely in it. I wonder if part of the hesitance to hold an emplacement match has something to do with that reluctance to hold it in an empty arena just because emplacement matches bring in a lot of money. You know, like they're they're ticket sellers. It's possible as well. Um, I it, you know that's that's kind of where uh, it. For Miranda's question and yours, it feels like that what they're they might be doing is they might be trying to build up to it so that there's more emotional investment in that Apuestas match and therefore more people willing to put their hundred pesos down for that match in a couple of weeks, even though it won't be on the technical second anniversary show. So uh, if that that is what the booking is doing, that that would be a fairly strong choice. I agree. Be a nice way to build it up and get people interested in the pay-per-views to the least paid shows, whatever they are. It, they're they're going to be technically their pay-per-views, and you're, mm-hmm. you're using our ticketing system for ordering instead of like their cable company. So right, it's all of it's very unusual. But, uh, uh, I mean, I know that because I'm using their ticketing system, that it's probably going to the mostly going to the wrestling company and hopefully that means that the wrestlers see some of that money since they've already worked. Yes. Yeah, that would be amazing. I'm surprised more luchadors don't offer their PayPal information, you know, so that you can just kind of make a donation if you watch the match and yeah. like it. I mean that's Yeah, it's like throwing money in the ring. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I think a lot of people would be happy to do that right now, especially with something like a hundred peso buy in, which is only like five dollars. And uh, I would, you know, I would do that for sure. And so I know there has to be other people out there. That, sorry, Miranda, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, I thought, I thought it was a good idea. And I didn't know if it was anything to do with the promotions that are that do them. I, I know when I was uh, watching one of the shows, I know Brendan will talk about shortly, I think people were doing donations, but it was through the promotion directly. Um, so I mm-hmm. don't know if they even allow or how that works out, um, um, whether 
luchadores have to go on their own social media to promote that or maybe from upon it because they want that money to go directly to them. Um, but that's just something that, that made me think, I mean, I think it's a, it's a good idea and I, exactly what you're saying, you know, it's, it's, uh, just almost the same thing that they would do, uh, in, in the ring, just, you know, uh, social distancing. (laughs) Yep. I, I think it's the better way to do it even during, uh, live performances in the future because, uh, yeah, throwing coins into the ring is hard and sometimes the bills don't make it all the way to the ring. It's just, you know, although there is something to be said for seeing three, three to seven people getting showered in, in money. It, it's a very exciting thing. The first time you see oh, it. Oh, it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it, it probably still will come back in some way. Um, I think it's just so much easier. And I think it goes back to just the, the point of donations. Anyone when you're giving money, it's a lot easier to have the action of pulling out your wallet and sharing money than going on an app and and, and doing a PayPal or Ven- or something like that. So I feel like uh, it, people are still more likely to give if, if they are able to do it in person. Um, but I, I do think it's smarter for luchadors to explore different uh, ways, especially, yeah, if, if whatever they're doing is being streamed online, if there's ways that they can you know, reach out to fans and, and give that avenue to them for them to um, donate. Yeah. I, I feel that uh, the more avenues is better uh, at all times. And hopefully we'll get back to, to shows as normal so that we can have that kind of performance aspect to it as well. Um, so the show you were alluding to, I'm assuming was the Vanguardia show that was also on, uh, it was uh, on Saturday on Sunday. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, they they did have the uh, at all times I was very aware that there were ways for me to donate money, uh, <laughs> even, even with my limited Spanish. I really I could see that Drastic Boy had a PayPal account that I could donate to. Uh, you they encouraged me to use the YouTube super chat and would actually in the stream yep. show uh, show money when it came through on the stream. That's what um, I was I, watching. So yeah, you're exactly right. Did you uh, did you see that uh, the uh, Lucha Central Network uh, logo pop up one? Because I did donate some oh, money. So cool. Yeah, I did not, but that was very cool. I, I speaking of technical difficulties, that was a show I had some trouble uh, watching consistently. I was on my phone trying to watch it, and I know that both of us had some challenges in the beginning. I think they had some problems in with the initial streaming, so they kept having a countdown, and then they would you know, run a video and then they would do a countdown again and then it just ended up cutting straight into a match. So uh, yeah. I don't know if that was anyone else's experience, but I believe Brendan yep. and I had that, uh, that experience. Yeah. That's exactly what I got. Mm-hmm. I missed a good portion of that first match because of the way it just kept re restarting. And by the time I reloaded to actually get in and watch it, I had already seen, I already missed quite a bit of it. That was a problem yeah. I had, too. I tried to watch it on my Roku on TV, and it just would never load up enough. Like, I'd see the countdown, and then it'd freeze. And then I'd try to go back and restart it, and it just was not working. Through the Roku I can't even imagine all. that frustration on a Roku. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad enough with if I'm if I've got a device <laughs> that I can't, like, yell at directly, then I'm, I'm lost for what to do. Yeah, after about 10 minutes, I just gave up and figured I'd catch it later when it re-aired at some point online and catch YouTube, and I just haven't caught up with it yet, but it's one I definitely want to see. 
Well, we'll we'll get back to back to uh, that. Uh, my opinion on that. I'll do the the rundown of what happened. So if you don't want to be spoiled, Dusty, the time to like. Oh no, I'm cool with it. Drink. I've seen the, <laughs> seen the results online already. Weird, and he like disconnected from the show and then just came back and be like, "Okay, I'm back, you guys." Um, the first match was uh, a tag team match. Uh, we had Itsu and Kune against Sagittario and Suspensio or Suspenso. Um, it was all of these matches are are going to be younger guys that are doing kind of, they're trying very hard to engage a crowd that's not, and uh, everybody has, has different varying effect on it. Uh, the, uh, this was uh, a, a good guys versus bad guys match. And, uh, the bad guys, near as I could tell, the bad guys are the ones that came out on top of that, Jitsu and Kune, who are part of uh, a, a faction whose name I could never actually make out because the way the announcer said it, it did not make any sense to me. And Miranda, did you catch the faction name? They they popped up all night long. No, I have to like actually reread it. Uh, okay. I have to look it up and try it and pronounce it's it. Like, it's like Odiaba or something. O, o, Odiaba? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. My Puerto Rican accent actually helped it at all. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't know if I'm doing it any more justice. So, but, but that, uh, well, you know, then we can all we can all be slightly off on this one, and it's fine. Uh, but that that uh, faction is the story of the 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 show. They they are involved in a good amount of it. Um, uh, so you then the next one is you have uh, it was a uh, like a title match. It was uh, originally a three way with Drastic Boy, Lobo Blanco, and Falcon Fire. Then uh, AAA performer who I haven't seen on AAA in a while, Mascara de Bronze, just showed up and said, "Let's make this a four-way." And uh, and, and they so you got, yeah, they did, and you got an exciting match out of it. I mean, um, for those of you who've seen Mascara de Bronze work before, it was three other guys that were working the same kind of style. They all wanted to high fly and acrobatic move and uh, lots of dives and top rope spots. And to varying degrees, it all worked. Um, this was the, this was the match I was the happiest with and the most entertaining. Just gonna, I mean, even more than the invisible man, I know there are some people out there that are going to be disappointed in that. I didn't like <laughs> the invisible man match more than that. But, uh, I, I really enjoyed what they, the, the effort they were putting in and to a point that I was making offline, more people in this match were wearing wrestling gear, which for me is a personal thing that I really enjoy mm-hmm. when the wrestlers mm-hmm. put the effort in to have gear and wear it. It's a um, professional like, you know, touch. It, it is. I mean, there are, there are times and other ways to do it. Like, obviously, you don't want to wear your wrestling gear if you're booked in a, a street fight or a death match. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when you're doing uh, when when the majority of your card are wearing uh tennis shoes and and hoodies to to the ring it just really kind of automatically distracts me from enjoying the match as much as i could uh did you did you have any thoughts on this one miranda or was there anything you did no this one i it was throughout the night i was having some some problems uh with my personal connection so um i wasn't able to see uh many matches as i had hoped um, to watch other than just, you know, being able to 
get in uh, and watch clips and small aspects of it. Uh, it was just not a good streaming night for, for me in general. That's fair. Uh, yeah, so uh, Jurassic Boy comes up to win on that. Um, then we had Cyclope versus Bullman. Uh, if you the Invisible Man wrestle before, this was very different in a lot of ways uh, because uh, Cyclope and the referee were wearing visors at times to actually be able to see him, which uh, I don't know how other people have wrestled him so well if that's, if the problem is truly invisible to everyone. Um, yeah, the ref it, looked like he was trying to be Cyclops <laughs> from the X-Men. Like, <laughs> they, they very much looked like Cyclops visor. Yeah. yeah, like that. <laughs> no, just that, that was my take from that. Was that they were just, it reminded me of the, the visor from, from Cyclops. They very, very much did. At first, I thought because it was Cyclope that maybe that was a, a faction thing or some sort of unifying thing. But then that became clear that that was so you could see the Invisible Man. Um, and then the faction of Badness got involved and and uh, they tried to give the Invisible Man the win. But uh, uh, his uh, Cyclope's tag team partner, which I should have put on here... Uh, Mido Extremo came out and helped uh, reverse the situation, and then they literally exploded. The, but he did an interview afterwards, so I don't think he's he's completely blown up. Although I couldn't see how severe his injury. Well, I think he had a post match interview. Yes, yeah, yeah, so yeah that, that's that's what I was saying. He did the interview afterwards, so he at least was able to, and he did it in English and in Spanish. So he is a true international star. But uh, I have no idea to the extent of it. He was exploded in the middle of the... <laughs> uh, and then you had a Royal Rumble, where you had a bunch of guys. I started to write down the names of all the guys. They, they are available out there on the internet if you really need to know. But at the end of the day, Crazy King won the Royal Rumble. In fact, like a Royal Rumble, where he now has a title shot for any title within the Vanguardia promotion he wants. <laughs> It's very much aligned with the name of the show, which, which was Tierra de uh, Oportunidades, you know, uh, the uh, road uh, of opportunity. Um, so, I mean, that it actually flowed. I think a lot of the, the matches and the theme flowed really well uh, altogether. It was a, a, was kind of a, a pretty good, uh, concise uh, theme to me, um, I, which yeah, surprised I, me. I I, uh, I did enjoy that. That is one thing I enjoyed was every one of these matches felt like it was either an opportunity for people who to step up and win a, a title, or that match was an opportunity for everyone. Pretty much everyone that was involved in the show had had a had their moment got to to try to win this opportunity. So I I really enjoyed the like you said that kind of throughput that that uh, storyline that everybody's getting an opportunity tonight. Um, including in the last one, but the opportunity that was at stake here was more about, do you want to keep working this company? Because uh, Cyclope was uh, told that he needed to win both of his matches tonight. And while he did come out on top against the Invisible Man, he still had this tag team match he had to win. did not want to have his contract terminated. And so you had uh, Cyclope and Mito Extremo against Gasparin Jr. and Simbolo Azteca. Uh, and uh, I don't think that this one even really started as a strong tag team match. I think it pretty much just started as a 
tornado rules brawl and then more people got involved and uh um oh well okay so so dusty uh, i know you said you've read the result but i don't know if you're ready for this but uh Ciclope got got taken out at the end and i, I heard that yeah <laughs> it's gonna be and exciting to see what happens exactly um it's yeah, Auntie it's, hernandez i guess you know it really kind of makes him a deal now <laughs> He works as a rap sometimes, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, it, for for my with the the feel of the wrestlers, maybe it was because it was cold that night, or maybe that's just the the feel of Vanguardia. I'm not very sure. I did like that this was a very storyline driven, and it ends on a kind of a cliffhanger note of what's actually going to happen to uh, Ciclope now, because uh, obviously. I'm not silly enough to think he's not going to try and show up at future shows. Even his contract has been terminated. Um, I don't know. I, I, all in all, it was a, a reasonable event. Uh, I don't re- even remember how much I paid for it, but I don't feel like I paid too much. Uh, no, I think it was free. It was just, uh, just on the internet. Oh, well, there we go. It's a YouTube show. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I paid for it. I put it on, but... Uh, oh, yeah, you did. Know. Yeah, that's true. I forgot. You, you did. You know. But you know what? Hey, it, they did... They, there were some great things of, uh, about the show, so I felt like it was, yeah. you know, they, well, they earned it. I, I'm not going to say I'm going to always drop money, but if I'm watching and I'm enjoying your product and, and, and I have an option to give money to either a performer or the, the organization, I am going to do that, so... I know I put. I don't remember what I donated. Is what I'm saying, but I I don't feel it was a a, a bad donation. Well, thank you, Brendan, for that indie roundup. And listeners, you can go to luchacentral.com. Uh, there, Lucha Central provides reviews and recaps of as many Lucha Libre events as they can especially if they are streamed online. And of course, you know, the big ones, the ones that we see every week, but uh, they do a fantastic job of covering uh, independent wrestling in Mexico as well. So we're actually going into uh, moving back into the the big leagues, you know, some people would say. Uh, However, we are going to be revisiting a topic that we touched on last uh, and we touched on it because we knew, well, there, there's a lot more to this topic than uh, meets the eye. And you know what? We realized we have uh, an expert on this that we wanted to bring in. So last week we talked about, uh, Vince, uh, allegedly, I mean, we don't this entirely for sure, but Vince McMahon made some comments uh, regarding Angel Garza and that he viewed him as a young Eddie Guerrero. So uh, Brendan, especially, he did some uh, connections, and, and this is also someone who's associated uh, with the Lucha Central uh, podcast team and, and luchacentral.com. Um, but we have a special guest, someone you can say who is an Angel Garza expert. He is a wrestling photographer who has shot for, for Pro Wrestling Illustrated, covering WWE, AEW, Impact Wrestling, and he's also shot ringside and portraits for uh, Ring of Honor, Evolve, Lucha Libre Crash. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jerry Villagrana. Jerry, how hey are guys. you? Thanks for having me on the show. I'm great. Yeah. How are you? Thanks for coming on. Yes. Oh, it's my you. pleasure. It's always good to talk to you. <laughs> it's a good Always. day to talk, Lucha. 
So, Absolutely. yes, we we brought you in for your expertise regarding uh, Angel Garza. You've spent many years just being able to watch his career, photographing him. You've spent time in Mexico. So when this uh, story came out about Vincent Mann viewing uh, Angel Garza as this possible next Eddie Guerrero, what came across your mind? Yeah, it's funny because I was I was listening to another show on the network, and they were talking. They were comparing um, uh, Angel Garza to um, Alberto del Rio because that's what everybody tends to do. Uh, because in Mexico, uh, Alberto del Rio was kind of like the last big hero. Um, and and in my head, and actually in the like in the chat, I was like, no, no, like you, you guys, it's got to be Eddie if 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 anybody, um, because of the charisma, right? Um, and they they have they have similar backgrounds. I, I think that the biggest striking like comparison is the fact that both of them didn't lose their mask. And they they both had a, had a mask at one point, and they both didn't lose it. They like self deemed it like nope, no one's gonna earn my mask. <laughs> I do want to unmask. However, I am not going to let any wrestler have that over me. That that and they, they turned down a mask. big payday doing that too, right? Like yeah, mask matches yeah. are huge and, paydays. Right, and and they can do that because both of them came from a very important from from both of them came from the most important uh, wrestling com- uh, f- family in their major wrestling town. So Eddie Guerrero being um, from also my hometown of El Paso, Texas. Shout out to El Paso, Texas. Um, you know his family ran the shows out of the El Paso Coliseum and and uh, and also you know ran shows in, in Ciudad Juarez, um, and so. There was no question that he had an end to the business, you know, and, uh, you know, if they and he knew that if he worked hard, um, you know, there'd, there'd be a future for him in the business. And I think similarly, Angel Garza, with his grandfather, you know, being in the business and his family being, you know, the big stars of Monterrey. Another you know, uh, Lucha Town, um, you know, they had that. Uh, they they had that kind of um, patient, you'd say, like they, you know, and that like it wasn't just this dream, and they had to sell their soul to the first guy to come and offer them a spot on on a card. You know, it it was like you know, take care of you know, do it the right way. Um, you know, uh, take care of your your yourself, the school. You know, get you know, be a little well rounded, not just jump on the first mask that gets thrown your way, or you know, jump on the first you know deal that that, that they throw at you. Yeah, could you kind of tell us the. Oh, sorry. Go um, ahead, Dusty. Could you kind of tell us the story of how Garza came to lose his mask? It was on a TV show, right? Yeah, yeah. So what happened was, so it's funny because when I got to to Mexico in 2015, I was going to the, my first lucha show, and the guy in the taxi, he's like, "Oh, are you going to a lucha show? Oh, is this guy wrestling?" And I did not. I wasn't. I wasn't from Monterrey, um, and he was very much local at the time. Um, I didn't know who that guy was because he was hijo del ninja. He wasn't even like a, like a Garza. I would have recognized the Garza name uh, because of Hector, but uh, being hijo del ninja, I didn't recognize who the guy was talking talking about. And he's like, "Is is he going to wrestle?" And I said, "I." I don't think so. I don't know. And he's like, oh, it's because that guy. And then he tells me the story. So before I ever saw any wrestling in Monterrey, um, the taxi driver, who wasn't really a Lucha fan, told me the story. And it was about this wrestler, this young kid, um, who was, you know, whose family had been in, and he had been on this uh, reality show. And it was basically like um, The Bachelor, where where, where he, he goes and he's, you know, and he's going to marry this girl. You know, he they own this different contestants in the day. I believe he, you know, he picks a girl, but he's wearing a mask. So how are you going to marry somebody if uh, if they have a mask on? So he agreed as part of the show that if he 
you know, that once he picked a girl and, and uh, they were going to get married or whatever, um, that he would unmask for the the the, the reality show. Um, and so th- there's a clip on YouTube where where you can see it, you know, and it, and his grandpa's out there, um, kind of like you would see in a wrestling match if he had he lost it to Wagner or to somebody else. You know, his uh, usually they, they have like a you know somebody out there, right, um, mm-hmm. to to do the honors, and he had his grandfather out there. Except instead of a lucha show, it was you know like a late night comedy kind of. You know, imagine like a Jimmy Fallon type type of show. Yeah, you know, um, and he, you know, he took it off for the girl, and the girl, of course, freaked out because of how handsome he was. You know, <laughs> <mess with> history. <laughs> so cool. Such an unusual way, too. I mean, it's very uncommon to kind of self the mask, right? Like Garza and Eddie are just a couple of the like, like it's not very common. They're the only ones that are super well known, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 not very common, and I think it does take, like I was mentioning, you know, the fact that that they didn't need need to jump on the first big payday, you know, or they they you know they had um, the charisma, then they could sell with their face, and uh, they, they they knew the importance of that. Um, it wasn't a thing where, you know, like an iconic mask will get you booked in a, in a sense, right? And you know, a, an mm-hmm. iconic mask will give you a long career. Because, you know, for as long as you live, if you have a mask on, you're that guy, you know, and, and you don't age because the mask doesn't age. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit of a of, of a risk. But certain people, mm-hmm. you know, like, like Conan was worried, they knew that they could go without them. They they knew they could. But yeah, definitely it's not very common at all. And, and, and it was a big risk. And it... Um, it it like backfired. It definitely backfired in the in sense of the hometown, not the hometown, but like diehard lucha fans, um, because there was a lot of people uh, who, to this day, um, they uh, they didn't like it, you know, and they just called him a clown because he was on TV all the time. Um, but he got to learn this whole side of the business that he would not have learned if he had not been working with that um, with uh, Multimedios, the TV station down there. Um, so where everybody was criticizing him for what for you know breaking with tradition, um, he actually got to learn how to be on camera, um, you know, how to you know maybe read off a script, you know, make some comedy angle. Um, how to work with so he was getting a whole other side of the he was getting like a lesson in the whole different side of the that other wrestlers not be exposed to might have a chance to and I and I think that's really paying off dividends now that he's on TV yeah absolutely so like the struggle it seems like in the WWE with most luchadors is that they can perform in a ring really well but they don't seem to be able to to catch up as fast as other performers on the, the mic spots and that's de- never been a struggle that I expected for for Garza. So it's definitely interesting to hear that, uh, that is, that that's part of the background. So how old was mm-hmm. he when he was doing that? He would have been, so he was, he was born in 90. Um, so he's oh, yeah. seven now <laughs> would have been like five years ago. So he would have been like 22. He would, yeah. So uh, he's, he's learning to do valuable skills that you can use for the entire rest of your career. Well, he's in his early 20s. I mean, I, I recognize he probably started uh, performing around 16, but uh, that's that's still, that's amazing uh, skills yes, that he yes, has absolutely. moving forward. Yeah, and and while he may have had a lot of angry guys, um, you know, angry at him breaking with uh, a lucha tradition, he got a lot of their girlfriends to be his Instagram followers, and he ended up with <laughs> a huge, huge following on social media. Um, and so he had a bigger following than anybody. He just he had a bigger. Fo- so it was like, okay, you can you can not like what I did, and you can not book me, or you can book me, and I'll and I'll you know uh, promote your show on my Instagram page, and I've got more uh, followers on my page than. Yeah. You, any everyone else on the on the card combined 
butts and seats. You've you got that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So well, then the girls bring the guys. The girls want to go and see him, and then the guys want to go see the girls, and so it brings a big crowd. Miranda, yeah, you were I, starting to ask so When I was down there, I, the first couple of times I shot him, um, he was a baby face, and I was like, what are they doing? Like, this guy, <laughs> all the guys want to boo him, and all the girls yeah. love him. Ladies like, love how is this guy? Yeah, like, how is this guy not, like, you're Shawn Michael. Like, he's, yeah, you can uh, see how he could be, like, the smart, you know, like, the, he's, yep. he's got the smart, like, what he's doing on TV now. Like, what are they doing with it? Like, it's crazy, you know? So, sure enough, once they did that, once they turned him heel, it was, it was a great, it was perfect. It was, everybody wanted to boo him, and he gave him a reason, you know? Because they could always, the guys knew, the cheap shot, that he was a clown, you know? Because he was on TV and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, and he was just, he would just eat it up. And leaning into that natural charisma again, uh, yeah. at, which is something that he's going to be able to to absolutely leverage with a WWE style audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you've already made it pretty clear that of the 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 comparisons to the to the luchadors that that come to the American brands, you already think that he's more of an Eddie Guerrero than a, a Rey Mysterio or an Alberto Del Rio. But uh, do you do you think that uh, he could be? a more transcendent person persona than any of those three guys and be somebody that is the bar set for the next generation of luchadors to come up. I think this guy's the limit. You know, I, I think he's, he's, he's got as much to be as big of a star as any of the, of the amazing talent they have right now. Cause they do, you know, all their luchadors they have in WWE and are, are, are really incredible. Oh, um, you know, so they're good. there for, for, <laughs> for a reason. Um, but he's got, he's got so many that's right. He's got a lot more TV than, a lot of their young guys because he's been on TV for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that whole story yeah. about uh, just his experience on TV before, uh, I think to echo very much of a sly heel, um, it still then will translate to probably a face run, you know, in WWE as well. Um, One thing that I think could be a a factor um, when audiences do come back is it's one thing when the audience perceives him at home, but what a live audience may perceive him as and what they like about him in person, that could be where a shift happens and, and he moves into more of a face role. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And he knows how to, you know, he, uh, he knows how to work both of them. Um, down there in Mexico, he was also co-promoting a lot of the shows. Um, so I remember one show that there was going to be a big deal. Um, it was going to be Conan Big against Rush. And oh, man. Conan Big, um, he he was another TV guy. Uh, so he was on TV every night on that same show. And uh, so he would fill up arenas on one of his character. It would be like if he got to go and see Jimmy Fallon or something, or something. you know, just there. It's a big, every big show. Um, so I guess it'd be like if you went and saw Jimmy uh, Fallon's sidekick, but he had a big enough audience, um, you know, short-tempered and, you know, doing fun, funny bits. So he would sit on arenas. Too, so when he right? would wrestle, uh, what's that? He's a rapper too, right? He's got I a couple of rap, rap albums. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think he did. <laughs> I, I haven't tortured myself enough to try and listen to it. <laughs> That's but fair. Sure it's totally did. fair. Yeah. So, so Conan, so what I'm trying to say is that he he was so popular at Conan Bay that when he was on a card, it was kind of like when UFC books like Conor McGregor, they don't do like a huge card of full of men that are amazing or, or full of talent because they know everyone's going to buy it as one guy. So that match, I remember, it was Conan Big against Rush and like nobody else. Like 
um, a lucha posters are like huge for having a ton of names, right? Being like mm-hmm. like an eye chart. And I remember that poster was just literally Conan Big and Rush, and like, and it, it was like Conan Big versus Rush, like five more, more on that. And they didn't even say who. Well, there's a rumor that another another local promotion uh, paid for Rush, to, and so Rush doesn't mm. show up. And and it was like, what is gonna happen? You know, and uh, and it was a whole thing that day because it was like, oh hey, there's rumors that Rush missed his flight, and uh, and uh, there you know there were screenshots of of Rush going back and forth um, with with the promoter saying, hey, I'm stuck here, hey, I'm I'm, I'm I don't think I'm gonna, and it was this big deal, and and it was gonna be like you know, cause, um you know, big big money loss if if you've got one big match on a card, and all of a sudden you know it it goes down, but I believe Garza was was part of the team there, and so he ended up, up and it was him against Conan Big, and they went out and they went crazy, and they had a crazy match all through the whole arena, and he really tried to give the the fans their their money's worth, and he wasn't scheduled to wrestle, he wasn't on the card, you know, but he stepped up and. And that was really, uh, that, that that was really neat of him to kind of, you know, just take it all on, on to, you know, give the fans something instead of yeah. just, you know, making everybody um, go 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 home bummed out. And that's that's back to that bag of tools you were talking about too, where I mean he's able to step up last second and do a match that uh, has everybody talking. I mean you're still remembering it with obvious happy memories to this day. Um, do you uh, do you think that there's uh, there's more skills or talents that, at, for Garza that we haven't even seen yet in the American audience? Oh, I think for sure because um, he gets you know, the the luchadors get throttled so much um, that if they let him open up a little bit, right? Like Andrade is incredible talent, and you saw and you saw some um, a lot of it in NXT. If you go back into um, and uh, New Japan stuff or CMLL stuff, he's just mm-hmm. incredible talent, and, and and they throttle them so much. So you know, they, so a guy like Garza also, you know, they have all this talent that if they let them kind of turn that on and you know just kind of go all out, you know, have these really incredible like, um, hey, you and this guy, you know, you and your cousin, you know, Umberto um, Umber hey, you guys mm-hmm. go out and have a WrestleMania. You know, they could they could they could steal the show because they've okay. they've been wrestling and practicing forever, forever. Um, yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that they 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 know each other so well um, that if if they went out there, um, they you know they absolutely could. Right. So yeah, there's um, a lot of layers to them. So give us uh, give us like two or three Garza matches that we should get on the internet and go see, so we can be better understand. Him. Yeah, for sure. So the the one you so you should, everybody should definitely see the him unmasked because um, that's that one's that one's. Uh, I think every, even if it's in Spanish, you just get it. Like it's a reality show. It's uh, um, you know it's basically the the Bachelor. So you definitely want to see that one, um, and then you want to see him against Wagner because Wagner was so Wagner's also from the. Um, from he's from uh, Torreon, so uh, so he's often through like the only way you get from Torreon to Mexico, or the best way to get from Torreon to anywhere is to go to Mexico to uh, Monterrey first. So Monterrey is like the hub for. So he's one of the guys. Him and LA, him and LA Park are like the kings of the north, um, and so it ended up being Garza and Wagner being like the big rivalry. So there's this great cage match that that people should go out of the way, and it's basically the Garza dynasty, the Wagner. Um, you know, amazing. and whoever wow. is left uh, loses their mask or loses their 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 hair, and that's and that's definitely the one. That, I believe the Conan big match I mentioned is on there too. Oh, excellent! Yeah, those All are right. really good. And the, anything you can find from Crash, because um, that was when when he was really coming in, into his own. 
Um, so yeah, I would definitely go with the Garza one, the, the Garza against Wagner one, the match versus mask in the cage. That was mm-hmm. a big deal. Now I would go with anything of, of his in, in crash. Fantastic. Okay. So we've had, we've had you talking about, uh, about Garza for a little bit here where, uh, we should remind people again, you are going to have your own podcast coming up soon. Do you have a name for that yet? I do not have a name for you. I'm kind of uh, a recruiting people. See, it's it's going to be a video podcast. So, um, oh, we're, we're, I'm gonna I'm gonna link up to other lucha photographers and uh, and kind of do like a like a versus battle. Not really. We're gonna do like I'm gonna so we're gonna pick pick a pick a theme. Um, so like I'm gonna do one re- uh, coming up, and uh, another person who who um, shot Gauss, uh Camila uh, Blanco, who's phenomenal. Um, and uh and so i'm gonna do uh one of the images that i did at my first gal show um and then she's she's gonna do one of hers so i'm I'm gonna talk about mine and then she's gonna talk about hers and then kind of go back and forth uh five of mine five of hers and then we'll talk about you know other stuff along the way like where was the show what do you remember about the crowd um any any good stories what you pick it um kind of any you know anecdotes from from art from you know you know anything you know because there's always something that comes up, some yeah. kind of, you know, something that happened backstage. Um, uh, so just, yeah. So just kind of stories about shooting and uh, kind of just having something to talk about. So it'll actually be a video so we can see, so, you know, so people can see the photos because uh, being a photography podcast, it's not odd to not have the visual element to it, like talking about photos when seeing them. So I wanted to add, add a video element. Very cool. Yeah, I'm excited to hear, and that's going to be on the Lucha Central Podcast Network, or are you going somewhere else with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that'll be on the Lucha Central Podcast. Yeah, eventually, I'll I'll do the story of the time that um that Penta and Phoenix coerced uh Garza's grandpa into slapping him uh, at, uh backstage for uh, for a uh, for a vignette, which was great. Oh, that sounds great. But you, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, in the match, uh, Garza turned on, on, on his cousin. And, uh, so the grandpa was backstage after like, Hey, what if your grandpa slapped you for turning on your cousin? And then Garza's like, no, that's a terrible idea. That's a terrible idea. And then Penta was just like, slap him, slap in Spanish, obviously, you know, like, mm-hmm. and they're just chanting and the whole, the whole backstage is just chanting, you know, slap him, slap him. So then they, they, uh, they agree to it. And that's on YouTube too. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, the grandpa kind of, Ad- admonishing Garza, and then all of a sudden, you know, Garza, you know, like disrespects Grandpa, and Grandpa just slaps him across the face. <laughs> that sounds amazing. And oh, I, well. I know he has that respect there because he was uh, <laughs> on Twitter talking about how his grandma is uh, giving him trouble for feuding with uh, with Umberto right now. So, um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, family dynamics in wrestling, and especially in Lucha Libre, what, what, what better? What's I can't think of anything better. <laughs> Great. Well, and you, and you mentioned your photography. Our, our listeners can go visit your website, gvdaphotography.com. You have a whole section dedicated to wrestling, um, and they're just fantastic, fantastic. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's J, JVDA Photography. Um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, on my website if people want to go on and see some um, yeah, pretty fun uh, wrestling photos. Some that really good wrestling years, photos. Uh, shooting mm-hmm. Lucha, and it was you know the project of a lifetime. I knew I was going to be down there for a short amount. We tried to make the most out of it. You definitely did. You got some great stuff while you were down there. So I mean, you got great stuff all over the place. But I obviously gravitated towards your your Lucha profile when I was looking at your stuff. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for. Uh 
joining us this week on the Lucha Central podcast, Lucha Central Weekly podcast. Uh, listeners can listen to Jerry's podcast soon. It will be part of the Lucha Podcast Network. Uh, information will also be posted on luchacentral.com and all of the social once the uh, episode airs. Uh, and as Jerry, you oh, the phone cut out. I'm sorry. Handles you mind sharing all of your social medias? Uh, so, Miranda, you cut out for a second there, but it sounded like you were uh, asking for the, the social medias. Yes. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so um, JVDA Photography on Facebook um, and Instagram. Um, that's pretty much all I got. That's great. And the website. And the website, yes. Website, yes. Everyone go to the website. Check these photos yes. <laughs> out. They are worth it. They're phenomenal. Um, and, and again, Jerry, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us, your stories with us. Uh, you are always welcome to come back on the Lucentral Weekly podcast. And, uh, you know, we can't wait to uh, listen and watch yours when it debuts. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks you. for being here. He has some awesome stories uh, about oh my gosh, so yeah. much that I so cool. had no idea about. Um, so it was fantastic to get his insight uh, about him because we just really continue to see Angel Garza have such a, a strong hold on Monday Night Raw. Uh, and so I only foresee that continuing to grow. Oh, me too. I think that, the, like you said, the sky's the limit. The charisma and the potential is untapped on Garza and Andrade. Um, Garza's even better at English. I really think that it'll be, I mean, I think these guys are going to be big, big stars internationally very soon. I think that they're getting a prominent spot. The crowds are going to be able to see it as they start to come back, just as they kind of descend, and it'll really be an exciting moment. All right. So, yeah, we, I mean, I was going to... Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I know, Dusty, you actually uh, were mm-hmm. going to lead us into some additional WWE news for yeah. this week, um, including what's happened uh, this week on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. Uh, yeah, let's just start chronologically SmackDown, because um, it's shorter. Um, this past Friday the 19th on Friday Night SmackDown, Lucha House Party had an amazing title match with New Day. Um, I was so impressed with Lucha House Party in this match. They got in tons of offense. Uh, Lince started the match by getting a near pin on Kofi off of an amazing head scissor. Um, he and Grand Metalik are really working together as a team. Metalik held the ropes and uh, Kofi tried to hit him. Um, Metalik stood on Lince's shoulders. They hit a splash. They double dived their opponents. They had double super kicks. They're really working together now. And I, I've touched on it, but obviously the lucha action is great in this match. Um, Metalik hits an amazing springboard drop kick. Uh, Lince had a really impressive tope and a cartwheel stunner. Um, these guys easily proved why they were given such a big opportunity. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, though, they were ultimately unsuccessful with New Day hitting a midnight hour diving deep finisher on Lince Dorado for the pinfall. I really loved this match, even though we didn't get to see the Lucha House Party. It was really cool to see their style up against New Day's style and to be able to see the artistry and everything that they do. Like they're they're another team headed for the top. And yeah. then on, go ahead, sorry. No, no, keep going. Uh, and then on Raw this last 22nd was Championship Monday on WWE Monday Night <laughs> Raw. So there were lots of short title matches. Um, after the Street Profits Viking Raiders match, within, uh, it ended with Montez Ford 
and he hit one of the prettiest frog splashes I have ever seen. Superman. I just wanted to mention that frog splash because it was so good. Okay. And uh, but afterwards, Andrade and Angel ran in on the Street Profits, like in their post-match celebration, and set themselves up as the next contender for the titles, which is kind of a breath of fresh air. Raw really needed a confident and legitimate competition from a heel tag team. Like there's a lot of face tag teams, but not a lot of heel, much less like confident and capable heel tag. And so yeah. they're really going to be a breath of fresh air and add some badly needed depth to Raw. And in a promo afterwards, Delina said that they've got their differences turned around into strengths. And now they're united front going forward for the tag title. And we got some interesting chemistry between Charlie Caruso and Angel. So we've got a lot of story to see unfold in addition to some great matches ahead, I think. I'm After that frog splash, I am really excited. Andrade and Angel versus the Street Profits. So I, I think that they're brushing up on their lucha to, to bring well, it to these guys. That was a thing I definitely uh, wanted to make a note of. Uh, so uh, the frog splash is rooted in... in uh, Lucha. That is uh, the mm-hmm. originator of the move was Art Bar, and uh, and then Eddie started doing it when he, he came up after Art Bar had already passed as his tribute. So uh, seeing that beautiful frog splash, I'm not going to take anything away from that, but I felt like that was definitely sending a clear message that uh, yeah, we can do, we can play the 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 game that you're playing too. And mm-hmm. uh, I really yeah, and and to your point about. Uh, about ha- adding a, a strong heel team. That's been the whole feud in the at the top end of the Raw Tag Team Division for weeks now is uh, two good guys doing a friendly competition. So it's definitely mm-hmm. going to be a nice them, change like, of pace. Celebrating in the ring, kind of hugging the ring together. Yeah. yeah. See, a, see a real well, heel became, tag team. Go ahead, Yeah, Miranda. you became more interested a, of them, all four of them, instead of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, an actual competition uh, against each other. So uh, I think that literally jumped the shark with the ninjas come to play. Um, so now you have a, a tone of seriousness with Angel and, and Andrade working together. And also, I mean, we've been talking about it every week about the dissension between this team and, mm-hmm. and how it's impacting uh, the stable and Zelina. And, you know, it did seem like it really, she put, she put the pieces together to get this to happen as well she saw an opportunity and was able to unite uh both both men together so i'd also think the way that it seemed that she really played her cards right and shows how incredibly smart that she used to be as a manager that's the thing that i love the most is that she gets to come off instead of looking like a weaselly opportunist she looks like she is someone who is constantly on top of this and, and uh, making strong moves to both keep the team together and, and focus and uh, that she's always finding a way to be in charge and, and ahead of the action. And uh, even though she seems to not have an appreciation for Charlie Caruso. <laughs> she does not care for Charlie at all. But you know what? I mean, going back to that about his presence on television, I mean, at first mm-hmm. it was a little hokey, but now you can kind of see this progression with Charlie just being more drawn to him. And I like that, that it's a storyline that they have continued throughout the past few weeks. And, and you can see that it's starting to, you know, she's starting to approach him more, 
starting to mm-hmm. seek him more. I'm very curious as to how this is also going to end because, honey, like we all know what happens <laughs> when you fall in love with a luchador, you know? Just heartbreak. I just Especially one the who heartbreak calls himself a Lothario. Like, I yes. mean, you can't. Oh, mijita, mijita. I've already, I just, I just already feel like it's, this is not going to end well. But, you know, I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch this. <laughs> this uh, I just can't help but watch. So good. Like I like I say, I really think the sky's the limit for these guys. And I think they are the perfect two guys to help elevate the raw tag team like division in general. Um AW's tag team division is really deep. They take it really seriously. WWE just kind of as a matter of practice hasn't taken tag team wrestling quite as seriously. But I think in order to compete, they may have to. And I think these guys are the team to help them compete. I mean, we've all touched on it, but the things they can do, and if they would just let them go and do whatever they want, you know, like, here's 20 minutes, here's your match, do whatever you want, but get these story points across in the match. I think they could do things nobody's ever seen. I think it could be a game changer and make them more of like, I mean, they're already a success, but like an overnight difference kind of like how stone cold steve austin changed after he cut the promo at king of the ring the austin 316 promo yeah. i think these guys are one promo away from superstar i i definitely think that uh anybody from that faction selena included is mm-hmm. just one big moment away from being a generation defining superstar yes that's a great way to phrase it. this it's more talent than we've seen in a faction in a long time because there's no weak spots there's no this guy's here to take the pin or this guy's here to you know be the muscle i mean they they cover every base both of them perfect and so together it, i mean i'm really excited this this is going to be my favorite thing going forward on raw and speaking of what else we had on raw um we got to see more with seth and uh ray mysterio this week almost immediately after the the interview with Selena and Andrade and Angel, we got a shot of Seth Rollins backstage with his goons, Murphy and Theory. Um, I don't know if they have their own faction or team name, but I'm naming them now. They're the goons. <laughs> um, he had a pretty great promo about how he didn't have any more choice to be the Monday Night Messiah than Ray had the choice to be a sacrifice, that they were just living out their destiny. And since Ray wouldn't accept his role in this and involved the son, that he was going to have to suffer. And then Seth ended it with legends never die, but they can sure as hell outlive their welcome. Oh, Amazing, wow. but definitely <laughs> the kind of aggression that requires Ray to respond, because these are clearly fighting words. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ray and Dominic entered later for the main event. And Ray said that even though Dominic is clearly bigger than him, he's still his dad. And Dominic will always be his son, and he's going to fight for both Dominic and himself by getting revenge on Seth. And he needed the revenge, but he also needed to do it himself because it was his fight. Uh, but then Dominic told him that he understood the decision, but that he wasn't going anywhere because they're family. And if Seth wanted to fight, he was getting a family. So Seth comes out then, and he says they really put him in a difficult position. He wants to hurt Ray, but maybe it would be more painful to make him watch when he hurts Dominic instead. Uh, threatens to take his eye, too. Talks about how two eyes are better than one. And so he starts to advance to the ring, 
And then we get our surprise. Humberto Carrillo and Alistair Black showed up out of nowhere to assist and kind of change the numbers handicap. Carrillo hit an especially impressive dive on Murphy and Theory during the confrontation. Um, Ray hit a 619 to Rollins on the outside. And then he and Dominic had this amazing moment where they tried to put Seth's eye out on the steps to avenge his own eye. But the goons were able to save him after taking out Black and Carrillo. And they held Ray down while Seth tried to put Dominic's eye out on the steps. But Alistair Black and Humberto Carrillo then came back like a surprise. He saw them running up with chairs and they chased Seth, uh, Murphy, and Theory off. And the show ends. I cannot stress how good this segment is and how exciting and tension filled these moments. I mean, this was such a good segment. Like that, so that segment good. saved Raw for me. Like I, oh, I was man. not enjoying the show that much until that that happened, and I was all I could ta- say was good things about the whole. It's so good. Like this is some of the strongest lucha content we've gotten in a long time, but this is also some of the strongest story content. Yeah. We've seen it all in a long time. 100%. And I want to say that I truly believe that this has been a benefit of the empty arena era. Uh, It's not even Mm -hmm. an era yet. It may be, maybe years, who knows? (laughs) Feels like it. But I do feel like because of the fact that, you know, when you have a fans who may not get a story or may not be thrilled with the way the story is rolling out or may not even be interested in it, you know, it, it takes away from the storytelling. And the fact that you, you've been able to tell the story week after week uh, through these interviews, through in-ring promos, through backstage promos, through, you know, all these different forms of storytelling, I think it's really helped this grow. And you can just continue to see, you know, Seth really playing this Messiah gimmick, playing on the family dynamics, mm-hmm. Dominic continuing to get angrier and angrier every week, Ray starting to get even angry. Um, and maybe that's part of Seth's plot is to get Ray so angry that he ends up making a mistake. But the fact that we can even share all of these twists within the plot is really well well done job with with wwe and the way that this story has been told and how it's been developed and and absolutely right with the lucha content but also with the story content as well i think it's one of the better stories that they've told uh, of the entire year oh yeah I, I it's definitely even in uh the the previous year is one of the better stories and um yeah I, and I once again I have on my notes here I once again need to hand down praise to Dominic much as we were talking <laughs> about uh how how Angel Garza is being in front of a camera it is very obvious to me that he has put a lot of effort into oh, being, yeah. performing in front of a camera because uh uh Ray elevated his game a little bit with this one you could see levels of emotion and you could see anger and frustration, but Dominic was insistent and really good in that, that promo. Oh, spot. he's been excellent. And, yeah. and progressing every week, like every week, he, I mean, light years ahead of where he was last. And I can't believe how fast he's picking it up and how, how, I mean, like if you look at him at the, you know, when he was with, uh, when they had the feud with Brock Lesnar and Tyson mm-hmm. Fury and everything, and you look at him now, it's a Dominic. Yeah. I mean, he's so confident, self-assured and, his promo, he's an amazing talker. The way he talks is really advanced now. And, yeah. I mean, I'm just super impressed. And his, well, and his physical body telling too, just uh, all of that. Like, he, you could see just him, even when Ray was talking, you could see him going through the emotion of being talked, uh, of being put in place by his dad. 
And then you could see when he came back out of it and was like, no, I'm still, I'm a grown man. And, and there's a family thing. I'm going to take care of business. You could see that. You could see that change. You'd see it take over him. And I just appreciated all of that. Yeah. I mean, just looking at the numbers side and Dominic kind of stepping up, do you think that there's going to be like a trios match between Seth Murphy and theory against Dominic Black? And Carrillo, like that he kind of steps in for Ray with Ray having the injured eye. Or do you think that Seth and Murphy and Theory might add somebody to even up the numbers and Ray will be involved? Uh, okay, so this gets harder to, to do because right. we're we're going to wind up losing them talent then for at least 14 days. So the <laughs> next couple of tapings are going to be a little awkward on that. I think that's exactly what they wanted to do was have... Uh, have the younger guys doing a six-man mm-hmm. tag match. And it would be Dominic's first official match in that case, yeah. which would be a great yeah. debut. And you yep. would have those guys to help kind of balance out any deficits he might have. Yeah. I mean, we we got the, the graphic for NXT. We'll get to that doing uh, the Great American Bash. So I know w- that Raw is going to do something big in the next couple of weeks. And so whatever their version of it is, there, I'm fully expecting that's where we're we're supposed to be seeing that match. Yeah, that'll be really exciting. Okay. I'm, well, I'm that excited. is. I was gonna say that uh, that that it's a lot to to still also take in. Um, even just um, that could possibly happen. I think that's one thing that also keeps this particular story uh, interesting. Oh, I yeah. agree. Sorry, go ahead, Brenda. No, no, no. Go ahead, Dustin. Um, I think the story is really fresh, interesting. I think the younger guys being involved is interesting. I I think the fact that we just don't know what might happen going forward is interesting. Typically, when WWE has their back to the wall, they come out with some amazing stuff, you know, like when they're painted into a corner. And so I'm kind of excited to see what could come of this. And I wonder if it'll lead to Ray and Dominic as a tag team for a while, or if Dominic will kind of be treated as his own entity. I mean, what do you think, Brendan, for that? Um, I think you're going to get both. I think they're going to be a faction. We're going to have the Mysterio faction for a while, which means we'll oh, get that'd be cool. very, you know, and then, and at this point that might even include uh, Umberto and Alistair. So, you know, we might get any combination of those four people doing matches, uh, singles matches, tags, trios, whatever whatever happens. So I think that's going to be the program for a little bit. Well, the results for Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown are available on LuchaCentral.com. You can always check them out there. Uh, but now let's kick it off to Denise Salcedo with this week's Lucha Central Central. Count to five out loud so he knows. <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a look at all of the great shows available this week on the Lucha Central Podcast Network. Monday, it's the return of the Business of the Business Podcast and Master Public President Kevin Kleinrock sits down with groundbreaking wrestler and merch game changer Colt Cabana to talk about how he's consistently reinventing his own merchandising game helping found the number one disruptor in pro wrestling merch history, pro wrestling tees, and much more. Tuesday, it's Mass, Mats, and Mayhem, the show that brings you back into and behind the scenes of Lucha Underground. This week, the show tackles the epic season one ladder match and more. Also, on Tuesday, 
Wrestle Boss with Bobby Chulo, live covering pro wrestling and MMA from 7 to 8.30 p.m. Pacific. This week's guests include Brujeria bassist and wrestling commentator Pat Poet, a.k.a. Larry Rivera, and UFC fighter Gustavo Lopez. Head to LuchaCentral.com to listen live or downloaded Wednesday across podcast platforms. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the chisme from around the lucha world. This week, CMLL photographer Alexis Salazar will be stopping by to talk lucha dynasties, the media, and more. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco. First, if you missed last week's interview with AEW star Jungle Boy Jack Perry, you owe it to yourself to go back and listen to it now. This week, the Lucha Homies pull up to the podcast to talk Lucha Libre training, Wrestling Society X, Lucha Underground, and more. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Centro weekly podcast. One in English, y el otro en Español. This week, both shows dive into the question of if Vince McMahon's comparing of Angel Garza to Eddie Guerrero is going to be a good or a bad thing. The empty arena lucha shows that have taken place in the last week and more. Be sure to subscribe and follow all of your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platform. And please be sure to give a rating and review to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Uh, that was Denise Salcedo with the Lucha Central Central. This week, we had a lot of news and in-ring content to address with AEW. Brendan, can you tell us more? Uh, absolutely. Um, we started off, if you remember, in our uh, our planning session thinking, oh, we may not get a lot of AEW content because we were. I was looking at what they had listed on what was happening. But then uh, I believe you were the first one to notice of the crew uh, that uh, uh, Pentagon had uh, mm-hmm. checked in at Florida. Yeah, uh, the on, photo, yeah. <laughs> so, the we uh, I I watched AEW with a little more expectation. I watched Dynamite with a little more expectation. Before that, we had Dark, and um, we had uh, Serpentico and Luther and Max Caster in a match against Jurassic Express. So you have the Lucha Snake and the Luchasaurus facing off in that a couple of times. So if you once again, Dark is your AEW show for tons of Lucha content here. That is was a great match to watch. And uh, Serpentico is, is uh, a, always an a unexpected pleasure. I shouldn't say unexpected mm-hmm. anymore since I expect it. I tune in for him now. So cool. But uh, yeah. I love seeing him on, on Dark. Um, the, uh, the, the, the takeaway from that match was kind of cool. And it played into the opening match on, on dynamite too, where, uh, Max Caster kind of gets left in the ring for the Jurassic express to handle while they just kind of, uh, wandered he, uh, him and Luther wander away. And then on dynamite, they're hanging out together during the lumberjack match. And, um, Serpentico was always a little mysterious on, on Twitter. But uh, like he just the whole time the dark episode was was uh, playing he he just kept doing one word tweets that said Luther uh, with like a like a snake emoji so um, I think he's trying to hint that there might be a faction building here I'm not mad um, at that at all 
No. <laughs> Me either. Uh, so back to Dynamite. I spoiled the, the headline on there, but I think everybody at this point is excited by that. Uh, we got the Lucha Brothers back on on Dynamite. And oh my goodness, that was amazing. Um, we had, uh, you had a, a big buildup. This is the end of the show. I'm starting, folks, I'm starting at the end of the show because that's the, the biggest news. There's other fun <laughs> things that happen, but... Uh, this was our main event and the first thing that just really like I've, if you look at my notes i somewhere in the past i mentioned like six exclamation points i've got lucha brothers are back with an, with at least two exclamation points <laughs> on my notes <laughs> so exciting uh, to see kindergarten like phoenix like it's been a while yeah, yeah. Yes. and they they did a nice dramatic build for it they had uh they had a really good for fans of tag team wrestling there was an amazing tag team match with uh uh, FER mm-hmm. and yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and and they were they, there was a lot of back and forth going on there. It was good classic tag team stuff. I noticed the tag ropes being used a lot, which uh, is the thing that I always love to to joke about in indie wrestling. That the some indie promotions don't even put the ropes out. They'll have tag team matches as their main event, no mm-hmm. ropes. It just always amuses me. <laughs> so, um, but so you had that great match, and then afterwards you had uh, the Butcher and the Blade confronting FTR, uh, saying that they would like to have an eight man, an eight person tag match uh, with uh, the Butcher and the Blade and their tag team versus FTR and the Young Bucks, and it, they, Ooh, they, so they introduced their team as being fearless, while the camera angle was already giving away that the Lucha yeah, Brothers that- were standing in the ring and it, i don't think so it, i don't think it hurt it at all i think that just no, added I don't, to yeah. it yeah <laughs> um and yeah so there we are the lucha brothers are back uh we will probably bring them in lots of uh stuff in the next couple of weeks but they have announced that that eight-man tag match is official and uh that's uh so that's our big takeaway um also on that night you had matt hardy versus santana and uh, that previously had been for uh, Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. We've been talking about the build on that and the two of them kind of having a, fi- a feud that was building. But uh, Sammy is, uh, has been suspended for an indefinite period of time because of some insensitive things he said a few years ago on a podcast. And uh, the AEW's official statement is that uh, he, they will be donating his salary to a women's charity while he is, he is suspended and, uh, and he has to take mandatory sensitivity training. So I was pleased that we got to see another Lucha person step up for that match instead of uh, just forgetting about the, the story. Uh, but it, it did definitely add a different feel to it. Yeah. And it, I, know, I think it only confirms what we talked last week about Santana Ortiz just being consistent performers. Uh, their presence in AEW has been not only, uh, like I mentioned, consistent, it's been entertaining. They had a really entertaining, fun match. Um, but those are, those are two guys you think the company can count on uh, for multiple uh, avenues, not just in tag team wrestling, but also as part of the inner circle. So I think it only just confirms what we talked about last week. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely shows that they're that value they've got. And I mean, beyond pleased, like I said, with that choice of replacement. Um, I should, I should also once again go back a little bit. I'm, I alluded to the the uh, lumberjack match, 
But uh, all the way buried here, that was a Luchasaurus Lumberjack match, Luchasaurus and Wardlow. Mm-hmm. This was a so fun match. It was a fun match. And that's where you saw you saw Serpentico and, and Luther hanging out for a little bit. And you had, uh, I mean, again, you have more Luchasaurus content. And um, he's got Lucha in his name, and he's a dinosaur. So if you're listening to this, you probably should be watching. I mean, he, it's so fun to see these big guys, too, because in Lucha, I mean, not to stereotype, but in Lucha, a lot of times you don't get to see the giant. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool to see the two giants up against each other and one of them be a Luchador and the way they work together. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I thought that was really cool for this match and just unusual. Part of what makes Luchasaurus so special size. But to see his fluid grace in this match was really exciting. Yeah, it was it was a very good match. Um, I know... Uh, I don't want to shortchange any of the other ones. The Matt Hardy-Santana match, uh, I think we had said most of the things we needed to say on that. I enjoyed the heck out of that. But uh, very different energy from Luchasaurus and Wardlow here, where, again, you had the big men, you had the lumberjack stuff, which also got to showcase uh, other members of the Jurassic Express doing insane. Um, There's a reason that Marco's last name is Stunt. I'm just leave that. (laughs) Uh, did, Miranda, did you have thoughts on either of those matches? Uh, I overall, I thought it was they were pretty fun. I mean, I, I'm overall very entertained by AEW as, as a product, so um, I didn't really have anything uh, negative in particular. Um, <laughs> I, I was just trying to enjoy. Uh, I, yeah, I, I thought they were both uh, really fun matches. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to make sure, especially with the Santana match, that I was get, had, uh, uh, well, not uh, cut it know, off too I, early. I, I, no, no, I always appreciate it. You know, like I said, I, I mentioned just, I think, it, they, uh, just to have that, that presence and, and being able to slot Santana in at kind of a short notice, um, if anything, means that the company believes in, in both of them um, as not only tag teams but singles competitors. So good for them. Yeah, no, and it, I maybe we'll get to see a little more singles run now with uh, Sammy taking a little bit of a vacation. That's, that's what they're going to call it, I guess. I, well, that's what I'm calling it. That's what I mean, calling it. I, 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 so, I, again, uh, the official word is that they will reevaluate his uh, status when he's done. Um, but the general vibe I'm getting is because this was something that was said four years ago, and he has apologized to it, The Sasha Bailey. Sasha, Sasha Banks has <laughs> responded to it and and said that while he needs to do work, um, generally okay with the, the with the steps he's taking and the fact that he apologized. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like uh, there, there's a very strong chance we see more of Sammy, who has a very promising future if he can keep his uh, keep his head on straight and not get yeah. kind of stuck stuck in a, in a bad place. And we talked about this uh, just offline between all of us that each company, each wrestling promotion, each wrestling company is handling uh, these situations in their own way. They're taking uh, Mm -hmm. different steps and uh, and approaches um, uh, to the speaking out movement. So that's also something I think um, that's that I think everyone just should be aware of that how one company decides to handle um, their the situation, a com- another company will handle it differently. That, as we're going to talk about repeatedly tonight, there's a, yes. a mm-hmm. lot of 
a lot of uh, rapidly evolving situations has happened in wrestling this week. And uh, the uh, it's not all related to COVID. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Dusty has a quick update for us on this week uh, uh, from NXT. Yes. Um, I'm going to start with the second of our Lucha matches first. Former AAA star Kevin Cross, now Karrion Cross, was in a great match, honestly, for what it was against Thick Boy Bronson Reed. It was a quick but amazing and hard-hitting match. Bronson Reed tried to get in some offense, but Karrion Cross refused, and he turned it around every time. Um, the most notable mo- moment was Karrion Cross. It's one of the best Northern White suplexes I've ever seen. Taya Valkyrie had the best one, but outside of hers, this was, you know, as good as it gets on TV. Um, you should feel honored he the- you said that. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm serious. She has the best Northern White suplex in all of wrestling, 100%. I'll, I'll die on that mountain. <laughs> but um, after the Northern White suplex, she hits a Doomsday Saito. Um, and then finally forces Reed to submit to the cross jacket. Great quick match. I highly recommend it. Um, and then the earlier match in the evening that I want to talk a little bit more about was Jake Atlas versus Santos Escobar, the former Eel Del Fantasma. Um, this was a non-title match, but you couldn't tell from the way Jake Atlas wrestled. He came out ridiculously strong, trying to get on the offense for headlocks, kicks, head scissors. He was trying to pull everything he had out of the arsenal. And then there was a commercial break, but after the commercial break, we see Santos Escobar in firm control, flying elbows, huge kicks to chest, abdominal strikes, submission techniques. Um, but after the stretch, Jake Atlas got his mojo back and hit some very strong punches and a lariato. Uh, then he had an amazing standing moonsault, but he just couldn't get the pin on Santos Escobar. He even tried to hit a moonsault from the top rope, but he took out Joaquin and Raul Delegado de la Fantasma. Um, and then once they were back in the ring, Escobar hit a big phantom driver and wins the match. You should seek this one out. It was fantastic. Five stars. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, it was it was a fun match. And their entrance, the presence, the music, the lights, like so it's a really a mm-hmm. total package that I I'm oh absolutely They're seeing so with. Uh, El Fantasma, like it and, is a very cohesive vision. And uh, Fantasma's new gear is just adding to that. Like it, it's oh my gosh, so it's good. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was a mistake to remove the mask at first, but I should have known he had something so good planned that it would be worth it. It's fantastic. Yeah, he's another one of those guys that can work with or without the mask so well. So mm-hmm. I was. I was not afraid when they took it off of him, but I had didn't I didn't know that it was going to immediately look this good. So oh, and his facial expressions, the things that you couldn't have got across under the mask, like mm-hmm. whenever Atlas could get some offense in, he would look so mad. I mean, like just the look on his <laughs> yeah. face, perfect, and like this expression. I mean, holy cow! There's no way to keep that guy under a mask now. Like the the psychology of his movements and his Everything he did was just perfect. It was like a like a hunter finding his prey. Mm, yeah, uh, back to <laughs> back to that. Uh, I I don't know what you could be referencing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought we got to see some of his finest work today. Uh, I wish it had been a longer match. I can't wait to see kind of what happens. We had a challenge from Swerve Scott. I'm really looking forward to that match. It's gonna be 
quite exciting. So I think the, another one of those guys with the sky is the limit. If they let him do everything he's capable of, we're going to see things we've never seen before. Yeah, very exciting time. Very exciting time in NXT. Uh, I mean, uh, continues to have good quality shows, but especially for um, the the now Santos Escobar, this is a perfect place for him uh, on WWE. I would not have thought at the beginning of this year that WWE would have some of the best American-based Lucha product that I could find. Correct. That would, I yeah. mean, there's so many things at the beginning of this year that we wouldn't have imagined. <laughs> and there's still more. Like, there's literally more. There's more, like, there's more even in this show that we to get to that we did not think was going to happen at the beginning of this year. But yet, at the here beginning we of the are. Show. At the beginning of the show. Yeah. That, I mean, look, I we just have to gain. Yeah. This is, we yeah. just have to get into it. Uh, Brendan literally talked about the evolving world of, of pro wrestling. And as he said that sentence, the world evolved. Uh, Brendan has some updates for us on, on Impact Wrestling, which is going through a lot of changes over the past. Oh, well, it's funny because I was actually going to ask you for a lot of the information on this. I was just going to uh, set the, oh, yeah, set the yeah, up and, and bring it yeah, back to you. Yeah, you could set it back but... up to me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you could set it back up to me. Uh, you could uh, see it back. We just you do a little bit of Batman yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, volley it back and forth. Yeah, volley back uh, and forth. So, so you're the one that just literally just came into our side chat and gave us the breaking news. So let's start with with that right there. Just what did yes. what did you have? Well, this was actually this is was announced uh, by Impact Wrestling. They just confirmed uh, to multiple uh, wrestling sources out there uh, that they have stripped Tessa Blanchard of the Impact World Championship and they have terminated her contract. Um, this is after not seeing Tessa uh, for several months now. Uh, she has been in Mexico uh, where she resides with Daga. And uh, there was some uh, issues with uh, being able to come back into the U.S. Um, and they had been setting up a five-way match for the World Championship for Slammiversary. Um, full details are being still being released. Um, however, it's just been confirmed literally just minutes ago um, that mm-hmm. Impact Wrestling has terminated their relationship with Tessa Blanchard and they have stripped her of the Impact World uh, Championship. This is and, kind of an unprecedented move so far. Well, yes. And this is on top of uh, other actions they've taken earlier in the week against other mm-hmm. performers. Uh, do you, you have the list on that, Miranda? Yes, I do. So you're absolutely right. On top of this move by Impact Wrestling, um, they've also took strides earlier this week and fired two of the performers on their active roster, Joey Ryan and Dave Christ. Uh, These were individuals who uh, were named during the Speaking Out movement that has really hit social media uh, over the past week. And because of the allegations set forth, uh, Impact Wrestling has uh, terminated their contracts as well. They have also suspended Michael Elgin. He 
was also listed in the Speaking Out movement, um, and there's been allegations against him for a few years now. Um, so it is somewhat speculated that uh, his, the reason why he is suspended and while the others were fired was that Impact Wrestling may have known uh, about some of these uh, previous allegations before when they hired him. Many of the allegations against him started in 2017, and he just started with Impact, I believe, uh, last year in 2019. So yeah. uh, that's, again, that's just... Uh, some of the speculation uh, regarding why he was suspended and the other two were let go. Um, but that had, that really required impact to change a lot of their Tuesday show. The announcement of, of Joey and David being fired and Michael being suspended was on Monday and they had a show on Tuesday. So they had to do some rewriting. Um, Joey and David are supposed to be on a, um, a, a three-man tag match that day uh, during that show. Um, and that was, uh, of course, scrapped. And Michael Elgin, uh, he was part of the five-way uh, that is slated for Slammiversary. They did not reveal as to when Michael Elgin was going to return. They didn't have a definite return date for him or if he was going to return. Um, so that still leaves the entire uh that whole main event in jeopardy. Um, we're going to absolutely have to wait and see what happens with that because you lost two pretty key members of that uh, that main event, and now you have a, a vacant world championship at Impact. So uh, there's really there's an unlimited amount of things they can decide to do, and they had already been building Slammiversary as something unique because uh, of the elements of a lot of WWE talent being released, who was going to show up. And there's also been a lot of key things throughout the past a few shows playing a lot on TNA history. We don't know if we'll even have any just general TNA past legends come and show up at, uh, at Slammiversary. Uh, they actually couldn't have planned this better to have so much of an air of, expectation going into this so like <laughs> i mean I, I want i do not want to make any light of the situation that created the release of any of these wrestlers but uh they they are handling it in a way that is uh beneficial to their brand and beneficial to uh the wrestling community uh, allowing people to have more of an opportunity that are not being uh, people that have not been involved in some of the terrible undercurrent of things that happen in wrestling culture. Uh, so I, I am, I'm very excited to see how that pay-per-view shapes up or is, <laughs> is it still going to be a pay-per-view? Yes. Yeah. It is a pay-per-view it is scheduled uh, to be on uh, July 18th on pay-per-view. On pay-per-view. Yes. On or pay-per-view. you can get it through impact plus their app as well. Um, announced for Slammiversary. Actually, uh, we do have confirmed uh, the current X Division champion and former Lucha Central Weekly podcast guest, Willie Mack, will be facing Chris Bay uh, for the X Division championship. Mm. He will be defending his title against Chris Bay. That was confirmed earlier today. After this week, uh, Willie Mack was in a uh, three-man tag with the Deaners. Uh, Chris Bay was with Johnny Swinger himself and uh, Rohit, Raju Rohit, and uh, Chris Bay got the pin on Willie Mack. So we've been seeing this continuance uh, of that exhibition storyline for uh, over a month now, and it's going to continue on into Slammiversary.
history. And we mm-hmm. also had Taya wrestle this week against Susie, uh, also known as Sue Young. Uh, Taya, that match, I mean, a fantastic match. It was actually one of the longer matches on the show, um, which is a little bit surprising. But again, one thing that the that Impact Wrestling has done fairly well is the setup of their women's division and the opportunities that they really do to showcase their women's division. Taya did win that match. Um, and but there was a run-in at the end by Kylie Ray saving me. So there could be a Kylie Ray Taya Valkyrie match coming up uh, in the near future. Um, I'm for anyone who, that. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm absolutely of Kylie Ray. We've seen her at AEW, which is really popular throughout the independent scene. She seems to have found a good fit as a, a fairly strong face uh, in Impact Wrestling. Right now, they don't have a lot of those um, outside of, I would say, Jordan Grace. And, and you have a lot of tweeners, but a strong face. And Kylie Ray, um, is, she's in a, a good spot right now. And I would, I'm am so excited to see a Kylie Ray tie about green match. Uh, and they did uh, you know, plug in Taya's uh, fashion line, and uh, I just got my own uh, another Taya shirt in. It's it's starting to become a habit, bad habit of spending money. Um, but but yes, I mean, speaking of uh, what Brendan mentioned earlier, I mean, as the response that Impact has had uh, against everything that's happened with the Speaking Out movement, again, every promotion, every company is handling it in the way that they deem best. What this also does in general is that it's going to shake up rosters and it's going to bring in opportunities for other people. Impact has been known as that company that does allow for people to get opportunities and have a, a showcase, showcase their talents, showcase their skills to a larger audience. Willie Mack being one of them. I mean, mm-hmm. He is such a phenomenal wrestler and we've seen that in Lucha Underground, but the fact that he gets to be in a wider audience with Impact Wrestling and now their X Division champion, I mean, it only shows that it's just the beginning for, for him. Absolutely. And he did say that he's gonna, he's gonna, I believe it was, he's going to help, Chris Bay find his place yes, while he was yes, on the show. <laughs> that that was an exclusive here too. He's told he's gonna put Bay in his place. So you'll have to, we'll have to all watch and see. July eighteenth, slam anniversary on pay per view. Alrighty. And I think you'll be able to check luchacentral.com for more news on Tessa Blanchard and the evolving situation with Impact Wrestling. As always on LuchaCentral.com, we will be updating all the news. I, I can hear the, the gnomes working furiously on it right now. Um, they definitely were making sure that uh, we were up to date on that information. And I know that they're putting that up on the website. Uh, speaking of LuchaCentral.com, if you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards, seen and read by top executives in all of the major major Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of all of this, free LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Uh, and definitely 
check there frequently and often. The world of wrestling is changing at a, a breakneck pace right now, and it's, hour uh, by hour, yeah, yeah. As hour. we're as we're showing, like news happened while we were in the middle of recording. So by the time you hear this, some of this news will be have been old hat to you, but it was shocking to us to hear it while we were doing our prep. Very sure. Well, I mean, we're talking about the present, and now we got to talk a bit about the past. We have This Week in Lucha Libre History with Dusty. Yes, now it's time for This Week in Lucha Libre History. Be sure to check in at LuchaCentral.com every single day for This Day in Lucha Libre by Pep Carrero. More information and videos. Uh, this week, I chose June the 28th, 2009. Rey Mysterio won the WWE Intercontinental Championship for the second time in his career after beating Y2J era Chris Jericho in a very rare WWE Places match, putting his mask up against Chris Jericho's Intercontinental Championship at WWE's The Bash pay-per-view at Arco Arena in Sacramento, California. The storyline to set this match up had Chris Jericho like in the crowd wearing a Rey Mysterio mask, and he does that thing, he comes out, he kind of puts his forehead to each of the kids with the mask. But the last kid was Chris Jericho, and he jumps out and attacks Ray. And uh, then that builds up to a match, an intercontinental title match at Extreme Rules, where Chris Jericho unmasks Ray and wins the title because Ray had to cover his face to keep in himself during the pin, to keep the, his face from being revealed. And um, I was a huge SmackDown fan in this period. And if you were too, you remember how hot and how Reed was. It's one of my favorite feuds in all of wrestling. It's also a great primer for those who don't necessarily understand why the mask and steel for luchadors. Jim Ross does a surprisingly great job explaining, like an explain it like a five years old version, but he explains why the mask is a big deal. And uh, the match is full of hard hitting action. Jericho was an amazing heel. I don't want to say he was at his best because I, don't know that he's hit his best yet. He's always evolving like David Bowie did, but he was amazing. Um, he was extremely physical in this, in this match, using his size against Ray to his advantage, and also, again, trying to take advantage of Ray's mask. But Ray had studied up. In the previous two matches, Jericho countered the 619 into a shoulder breaker after an airplane spin. This time, Ray goes for the 619, and just like before, Jericho pitches Ray up high. But this time, Ray Mysterio had been educated by experience, and he hit a great swinging DDT. Um, but it wasn't enough because Jericho kicked out. Uh, and then after some back and forth, Jericho finally gets a shot in. He tries to pull Ray's mask off again. But in a surprise, Ray had two masks on, a smaller, tighter mask under the original mask, and was able to take advantage of the surprise to hit the 619 and become the Intercontinental Champion for the second time in his career. Um, you should really check this match out on the Lucha feed. I highly recommend. Uh, Brendan, which day in Lucha Libre history did you choose? Hey, do we do we have Brendan? Okay, oh, well, do you want to uh, go? Yeah, I'll come. June in, you know, we talked about the match, and I because of the framework of the match. I picked June twenty second, two thousand twelve, and then this was type one, the CMLL, and they. they it was a mix of a tournament, but it was voting from fans and points, and so it was a lot to process. Uh, but I think overall, yeah. the structure of it was very interesting. Um, it was 2012 was the first time that they done this particular tournament. Um, and so what it was is it was a points-based tournament in which you had eight wrestlers total. They were all, quote-unquote, rookies. Uh, four uh, uh, techos and four moves. 
facing against each other. First was round robin, and then uh, with the top four point earners competing in an elimination tournament. So it's interesting. I'm still trying to process my head around um, But I, I really like the way that this uh, match started because you had a really a pure uh, technical, a pure baby facers, a kind of a pure rudo with the and uh, Titan makes way to the ring, Euphoria interrupts beats and gets into the ring and it was really fast paced high flying, um, but there was a really interesting visual with this match in particular and that was the ripping of masks um, Titan's mask got ripped during the match and I think it didn't look like Euphoria did it, but it could just, I could have been a little off on it um, but uh-huh. eventually, um, Titan gets so upset with Euphoria, he ends up ripping the top of his. So you have both men competing with ripped masks. And so, uh, I, like, just that visual itself was really, really interesting. And uh, I, I just really liked that dynamic in the match and the storytelling that they did throughout the match. Uh, winner of this match uh, ended up earning uh, some opportunities uh, I believe they got to uh, email some killer shows, and it was just really a way to kind of showcase uh, the next world uh, art. And I thought, again, just the concept was really unique. Uh, they don't have the tournament as of now. I believe it ran from 2012 to 2015. Um, it was a really fun match, uh, but also just the set of the In Busca de un Idolo tournament. Uh, just really helped explain to the story behind why they were fighting so hard. Yeah, that's incredible. The ripped masks thing is such a interesting storytelling move too, and uh, and you know obviously unique to Lucha Libre because of the masks, but it gives them another outlet, so unique, and I feel like it really tells the story. And especially when you see the masks afterwards, that tell the story. It's really especially mm-hmm. those. Uh, and I, I was really first. Time actually rip masks off. Um, I know I've seen it in where I take the mask off, or especially if it, if it's maybe a non-luchador. And like we were just talking too, the the match earlier with Rey Mysterio uh, mm-hmm. and Jericho. I mean that dynamic I had seen before. I really had the luchador off. So I I think I think it really added to to that match. And again, just it was high flying, fast paced. You know, it was hard to they were just all always behind me. And that video um, was part of the second um, the name of the There is a link to it that you can find. On. Excellent. I'll have to check that match out. We have one. Okay. We'll just keep on going um, to the final portions of this week's show. But before we do that, we have a quick commercial from one of our partners, TheChairShot.com. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And again, thank you to TheChairShot.com, one of the partners of JustCentral.com. And 
all the information we've been telling you tonight, just we talked about uh, the results from WWE and NXT, things happening in the world of Lucha Libre this week and Lucha Libre history. You can find all of that on, at LuchaCentral.com. Now, the uh, final story for this week does play into some of the themes that we talked about just a little mm-hmm. bit earlier with uh, different wrestling promotions uh, around the U.S. and around the world uh, addressing the speed movement. And one of these is a Texas-based promotion called Mission Pro Wrestling. Now, this is a promotion based out of Texas, and it is ran by none other than the current NWA Women's Champion, and, I mean, we just have to admit, a pretty big fan favorite of <laughs> the Lucha Central Weekly podcast team. Thunder yeah. Rosa uh, co-owns it with and Jeremiah Wilkerson. They made an announcement earlier this week that the promotion Mission Pro Wrestling is going to be converted ramp up if you would like the company will be completely operated uh, com- uh and well not completely owned but completely operated uh and have a woman focus so yeah like uh, women so, yeah. All, for all the creative and booking positions and everything yeah yeah female, uh, of course wrestlers uh referees ring crew announcers commentary they said pretty much everyone uh that is you know working with promotion will will be um so uh, and one of the other announcements they make is that uh, uh to the family she is going to be the head of creative and booking so they've already made some big strides with hiring Robin Reed, uh, a really well-known mm-hmm. independent wrestler. Um, many years of experience, the head of booking, also has involvement in I mean, not only does she actively wrestle, but she just has an incredibly creative mind for pro wrestling. So this is one of the better stories of this week, and the company has stated they want to make pro wrestling a better place for women's promotion um it just allows women to you know just have a, a platform to to share their experience and love of pro wrestling and um, what do you think about this in a of, of promotion changing gears um and and moving to be uh, all all female um i think it's really exciting i think there's an extremely strong um like women in texas you know like the women i mean um, Jordan Grace came from Texas, Kylie Ray, Alley Cat. I mean, all these people have gone through the Texas scene. Um, I, Alex Gracia is coming up in the Texas scene. So I think it's a great spot. I think that there's so much strong talent right now. And we're kind of seeing a lot of indie places and little indie companies shuttering right now, not just necessarily due to COVID, but also because of speaking out. And so I think that it's a great time to start a promotion and especially one that's so positive women forward right now. And I'm excited to see what they come up with. I think that they could make huge waves in the wrestling. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. And the fact that they're really trying to have a focus on other roles, um, not just female wrestlers, but commentators, referees. I mean, Aubrey exactly. Edwards and, and the platform that she's had on AEW really has shown a light. Uh, just a lot of getting opportunities, but it's like the independent circuit to then kind of get the reps in so that you can elevate to the next level. So also, hopefully, not only does this help provide opportunities for female wrestlers, but all of those involved, you're 
commentators. There's not a lot of female commentators uh, out there, and we've mm-hmm. seen that they can be uh, really fantastic and dynamic uh, when it comes to helping provide uh, storytelling and to the audience and to the show, um, and and even just ring crew and even you know, any role that could be filled, especially in the creative side, too. I think that that's been an area where we just haven't seen a lot of women in booking and and in creative roles. So to already have that ball rolling and to be a, a, a very clear avenue for people to to know that, yes, this is a place that does, you know, really value women in very different roles, various roles in professional wrestling, uh, hopefully is a good sign that we see other promotions take on. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned some, some great people that are on the Texas circuit. Is there anyone that you would hope, whether it's in the movie world or in the world, that you would hope come into uh, wrestling? Um, who I would like to receive would be Lady Shawnee. I mean, she has an amazing move set. She's got a great look. There's a ton of interesting mystery and aura around her because of the scarcity of masked female lucha libre talent, like on national American stage. And uh, I'm thinking about her Apuestas match, Triple Mania 26, where she beat Baby Apache in that mask versus hair match. Um, She's really unafraid against high-profile opponents and can easily hold their own in a high-pressure environment. And I think she would be such a bold and brave competitor for a new promotion in America. And I, I could be mistaken. I should have this, but it's my understanding that Lady Shawnee and Thunder Rosa have never faced each other in a match before. Mm. And that's something that can be really exciting and interesting for Lucha fans. Yes, I, I absolutely agree. I, one of my personal favorites uh, right now, yeah, Vanilla, uh, really just like uh, her, her look. Um, I think that she, you know, connects well with the audience. And mm-hmm. I know that she's wrestled uh, a lot in uh, Florida. Uh, I know she, you know, is Puerto Rican. So of course, I mean, I just have to throw one every show in there. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, she she also has a, a really good presence in AAA and, and wrestles around the U.S. as well. So uh, just opportunity to bring someone with not only Lucha Libre experience, but just uh, being able to, to have that Latina experience to bring that uh, to a reformation for me is always, as a fan, I, I truly appreciate. But again, I mean, this is really, they're going to have their hands full with as many uh, women that are going to really be drawn to a promotion like this. And, and I agree with you. I hope that this will then mean this allows the avid for Libre to have books. I mean, they're very familiar with the Lucha Libre scene, has wrestled in it, knows it. Um, and we talk about how a lot of these bigger companies do bring Lucha Libre to an American audience. This all could be a, a great way to bring Lucha Libre to an independent American audience, mm-hmm. um, which can even be harder than on a bigger scale like AEW or WWE. I agree. I think it would really be uh, and, and it, if it does stay independent, it gives such a nice great spot for the middle to come and and i'm sure thunder rosa has a lot of contacts there maybe kind of develop and get ready for the american audience before they're immediately on tv or forced to be at a national level i think that, you know it could be a very important stepping stone to have you know lucha libre talent in america period there's just not a whole lot of it right now and i the limit again with her 
promotion if she chooses to go that way. There's so much talent that she could bring in that would really be exciting and fresh. Well, we have made it to the end of another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Don't forget to follow LuchaCentral.com on social media. You can find Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram at Lucha Central. And you can also find us on Twitter at LuchaCentral.com. And, of course, Lucha Central has lots of content on LuchaCentral.com, including links to the YouTube page that has interviews, matches, lots of cool things that you can spend your time watching. Uh, Dusty, let our listeners know where they can find you. on. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Dusty Murphy. I'm also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy. If you do the search feature, there's a couple of Dusty Murphys, but as long as you find the one with the Caristico mask, you found the right guy. There you go. And unfortunately, we lost Brendan earlier, but you can find him at 321TShirtGuy, primarily on Twitter, Forte, so Mm -hmm. he's our Twitter guy, at 321TShirtGuy, and he is also on Instagram as well. Uh, Twitter is also still receiving any messages for me, so if you need to get in contact with me uh, on Twitter, which I don't know why you would, but... You know, it's a sort of, I appreciate Brendan being, being, uh, letting me use his Twitter for that. Uh, feel free to reach out and, uh, message, uh, or tweet at, that's what the kids say. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Tweet yeah tweet Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> 321 t-shirt guy. Uh, I, my Alice am on Facebook and Instagram at the hashtag Miranda hashtag spelled out. I am not on Twitter. Ergo, that's why you can go t-shirt guy and message me. But let us know what you think of the show. Again, the show is available on all major streaming platforms for a podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Podbay, Speaker. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and let us know what you like about the show. Give us your feedback. Let us know about any topics you should cover in the future. We are literally Libre friends just like you, so we want to make this show, make sure that this show is uh, something that you guys listen to, something that you find mm-hmm. really valuable, not only for news, uh, but analysis and opinions of Libre. So thank you very much for joining us, and we will be back next. Oh, 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 oh,
pica de los ojos, jala lo de pelo y sácalo. 